Good morning. Happy Monday. Welcome to the 7 a.m. Overeaters Anonymous. 7 a.m. Eastern Time, Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Again, today's date is Monday, October 24th, 2022. And today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are on page 37, the first paragraph, starting with whatever the precise definition of the word, going through that entire paragraph, uh, talking on that one paragraph only. Today's readers are, thank you again, Team Monday, Larry K, Marge O, Vanessa G, Elizabeth D, Nancy T, Newcomer Greeter, Loretta M, Host, Matt JF, Announcement, Janice PM. The reference numbers for Sunday Special Edition yesterday, October 23rd, is 19,550. That's 19550. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Elizabeth C. to read the 12 steps. Please go ahead, Elizabeth. Hi, everybody. This is Elizabeth in Cincinnati, recovering compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God to ourselves and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, 
continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you so much, Elizabeth D. I will now ask for Nancy T. to read the 12 Traditions. Go ahead, Nancy. Thanks, Amy. Good morning, everybody. Nancy T., compulsive overeater from Lewiston, Idaho. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive reader who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. <clears throat> Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Amy. I pass. Thanks so much, Nancy T. Okie dokie, this is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. Again, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are in the chapter more about alcoholism on page 37, the very first paragraph. And I'm gonna ask Larry Kay to get us started. 
Please go ahead, Larry. Can't wait. Hi, Amy. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Larry Cave, Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. Whatever the precise definition of the word may be, we call this plain insanity. How can such a lack of proportion of the ability to think straight be called anything else? So, you know, the, the definition of insanity, you know, we've heard <laughs> for lots of different things. Um, one, one thing that we hear a lot about insanity is, you know, the idea of, of doing things over and over again, um, expecting a different result. I don't know that that, you know, for me, that, that's fine. But uh, for me, I've always, in my world, I've always um, learned about the world of, or the, uh, the word insanity, rather, as, as something, you know, pathological in nature. Right. And um, and so it, it's something that you don't want to be, <laughs> you know, nobody wants to have a, a, a mental pathology like that. Um, and there's a, a word that's uh, uh, perseverate different than perseverance. Perseverance is is something different. But perseverate is just this, you know, this idea that um, the, uh, the, the like a persistent repetition of a word or a gesture. Think of someone with that level of insanity in a in an institution, you know, that repeats things over and over again, and uh, a gesture, a movement, and so forth. And perseverance, of course, is a, a similar, but, it, but it's different in that it's a persistence in a course of action in spite of difficulties and obstacles. We, we persevere. But the reason I bring it up is because insanity in the context of this disease for me is just merely the idea that I have the inability to se separate the true from the false. I have the inability to separate fantasy from reality. And I want to give you an example of that. So, you know, and I, I, so many come to mind and you have your own, but in the face of this disease, just like Jim, I learned I had the allergy of the body. I learned that I had the obsession of the mind and I bought into it and it made sense to me. And I learned something about the solution to pursue that. So I come into program and, and, and it takes a while as you, you know, kind of absorb the information and learn a little bit more about yourself and engage in the steps and so forth. So I go along and at some point, it's just one that comes to mind. I'm at, at someone's home and this person, they can eat, uh, almond butter, <laughs> okay? They can eat almond butter. Now, I can eat almonds. And I hate to talk about food, but just to illustrate the point, you know, I can eat almonds. I can eat raw almonds. does not trigger the phenomenon of craving for me. But I get this notion in my mind that that almond butter, it's, there's nothing in it, nothing added to it whatsoever. I saw it being made. I read that, you know, it was, there was nothing added to it. It was the same almonds that I was eating like a gentleman. But when you make that into butter, <laughs> you know, you make that creamy, it changes for me, for Larry, it changes things entirely. And so I'm hearing an alarm there. So I'm assuming that I'm wrapping up here, but, yep. um, but <laughs> thanks, Amy. But, but my point is, is that in that moment, I could not separate fantasy from reality, from the truth and the false. In that moment, it became operative for me. I'll have some almond butter too. Why not? And then I'm off and running and it does trigger the phenomenon of craving for me. That's the level of insanity, the same as Jim putting the whiskey in his milk. It won't burn me 
this time, so here's how, right? So with that, I pass. Thanks, Amy. Thank you so much, Larry, for getting us started. Awesome. Okay, people, let's keep rolling. Uh, we're going to take some names and phone numbers, and although we value your experience, strength, and hope, we appreciate it if you shared on Thursday or Friday that you let others share their experience, strength, and hope. So who would like to share on what was read? Christina J. Edini M. Rena L. Dara L. Linda D. Melissa C. All right, this is what I have here. I have Christina J. Irini Dara L. Melissa C. I know I missed somebody. Who did I miss? Rena L. Jenna L. Jenna. Did I miss a Linda? Okay, maybe I was All right, so here's what I have. Christina Linda J. Every, Linda. It was Linda. Okay, Linda D. I thought so. Thought I heard you there, girl. Okay, Christina J. Irina Dara L. Melissa C. Rena L. Jen A. Linda D. All right, great group. Let's go. Christina J., you are up. Please go ahead, followed by Irina. Morning, everyone. Christina J., in recovery for today. I've got a parole officer, and my parole officer is called God. I report to that parole officer every day so that I don't go back to the joint, the insane asylum of my disease. I'm insane around food. I don't know how to take one bite. I know this. I've known this. I had two and a half years recovery. Ten days ago, I started again. Ten days ago, I got willingness to go through the hell to get to today. And I heard on the special edition, which I've heard before, I think I even said it myself, willingness brings us to God's grace. Oh, my God, that is just one of my favorite lines. In order to get through this insanity of this disease, this unknown craziness, it's insane. I, I, I wanted to eat everything in the store. I mean, I hadn't had it for two and a half years. My allergy was triggered like a MO. MF, I mean. <laughs> and it was, you know, I went through the whole thing again. And it saddened me. I felt loneliness and despair around it. But I've come to know that I can't have those things. If I do, I go even more insane. My life turns upside down. I'm not present for people. I'm, I'm lost in the brain chemistry that is foggy, like a brain clamp on my head until I get another bite. I had to take step one over and over, over that week, that first weekend of getting my absence back. I had to say no to the protein bars on the shelf that were calling me. <laughs> the bars, as I've heard another person on this line say, the healthy bars, right? Um, they don't work either. And I knew standing there looking at them, this isn't going to work. It's not going to work. Only thing that's going to work for me is my parole officer every day reporting to him, doing the do. If I let up on that, he may not call me right away. He might wait a few days and say, hey, you haven't reported in yet, you know, or if I'm further along in recovery, my soul begins to feel off the beam. I need that hand of God. 
I need that grace every day in order to stay out of the insanity of this disease. I'm so grateful. I'm, I'm so grateful. I'm coming into happiness I've never known in two years because we've been in this transition and it's starting to settle. Thank you for holding space for me. I love you all. I pass. Thank you so much, Christina J. Irene, Irina, I'm sorry, I forgot the last the initial of your last name. Please go ahead, followed by Dara L. No worries. Thank you, Amy, for your service. Good morning. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Always giving credit where credit is due. Mm. Plain insanity. It's simple and it's clear. It's, it's of a certain behavior that keeps repeating over and over again and expecting different results, yes. And even knowing the consequences and doing it anyway. It's plain insanity when Jim had that thought that, you know, it couldn't possibly hurt him to drink an ounce of whiskey in the milk just because his stomach was full. So Jim's state of mind was giving him permission to pick up, telling him what the drink will do for him and not to him. It's that inability to act on the truth. Instead, he acted on what? On a lie. Jim had a mental block, blank spot. He was repeating a pattern of separation from God, a disconnect and not being aligned with the spiritual principles. So where is God in this situation? Jim's problem was my problem, my thinking, believing in my own lies, living in my own distorted stories, living in my will. I didn't have the ability to differentiate the lie from the truth. And that belief in my lies also led me to keep taking that first bite over and over again until... There was a connection with higher power until there was a fellowship, until there was these beautiful, awesome 12 steps. So it's not about the substance, alcohol, food, or drugs. On the top of page 35, it says, so we shall describe some of the mental states that precede a relapse in drinking. For obviously, this is the crux of the problem. It's about being disconnected from God. The solution to all of our problems is being connected to our main source of power, which is God, that graces us with spiritual recovery. Plain sanity. The ability to think straight because we have surrendered and the obsession of the mind has been lifted and this is done to us. That intuitive thought to be able to relax and take it easy. Just as long as what? I'm holding God's hand with one hand and with my other hand, my fellows. Going deeper into the connection with God myself and others reaching a place of neutrality and having a soundness of mind i am and feel safe and protected and cultivating the sense of knowing that i'm always being taken care of no matter what giving credit where credit is due i thank you and i pass
This is timing. Thank you, Irina M. All right, it is Dara L. Please go ahead. If y'all can remember to give your state and city or just your state, that would be great. Okay, great. Thanks so much for your service. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive eater, and I live in Philadelphia. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the word insanity, and thanks everyone who shared before, and thanks, Larry, for the lead. Um, the word insanity really hits home for me today. Um, I, I am someone who lived my life in and out of mental institutions. I've been institutionalized 18 times um, as a result of this disease and have gone insane um, by whatever definition uh, you want to say, you know, you want to, you want to call it. And for me, you know, that strange mental blank spot is such that, right, there's like a lack of proportion that I can be, I can pay $25,000. I've actually done this. I paid $25,000, spent nine months in a treatment facility, you know, rearranged my entire life, did a geographic cure just to get well and then like a month later I was back in the food you know or walked out the door of a treatment facility stole food on the way out and been binging and purging you know by the time I got home so like it's it's insanity and one of the things that I know about mental health um, you know and this is a spiritual disease but one of the dangers of mental health issues, whether it be like schizophrenia or bipolar disorder or whatever it is, is that people start taking their medication, they feel better, and then they think they don't need their medication anymore. And that has been the case with me in this program, right? That it's like I start doing the things, I start to feel better, and it's like, oh, well, I don't need to do the things um, that keep those voices at bay. You know, I feel like as an addict, I have a, a sort of like spiritual schizophrenia. I have voices that exist in my mind that tell me things that are not true. And the danger is not the voices. The danger is if I hook into those voices and if I don't connect with God, like if I don't have a living relationship with something bigger than my mind. Um, Because every time I picked up, it always felt like a choice. It wasn't. I was powerless. But it felt like I changed my mind. And, the you know, the big book talks about how as Bill drank, the fierce determination to win came back. And that's a huge part of my problem. Like as I start eating, I think I'm going to have power tomorrow that I don't have in this moment. But then I stop eating compulsively. And I think that like suddenly I'm okay. You know, I don't have any problems. The food was my problem. And today, thank God, I know that the problem exists in between my ears and it never goes away. Like it is going to live in me for the rest of my life. And I don't have to fear that because that's the thing that keeps me seeking relationships with God that seeks me, that keeps me seeking the ability to love myself on a daily basis. And, you know, today I don't live an insane life, but I am a person who has a disease that makes me insane. Um, And sometimes that insanity comes out and then I get to do 10 steps and um, yeah, and every day I have to plug into the source of power and take my spiritual medicine. Otherwise, I believe I'm going to end up in a treatment center again. So anyways, with that, I'll pass and thanks so much. Thank you so much, Dara L. from Philadelphia, PA. All right, Melissa C., you're up, followed by Rena L. Please go ahead, Melissa. Hey, good morning, Amy. Thanks so much for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C., I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York. And, yeah, I love, first of all, I love definitions. um, And the big book gives me a really clear, workable definition for what it means to be insane, um, which I remembered, you know, when I was 
originally like reading step two and this promise of restoration to sanity, like I didn't get it because I was like, what do you mean? I'm not crazy, you know, but here's the definition of insanity. Lacking proportion and an inability to think straight. And so when I think about like lacking proportion for me, it means like I make things that are unimportant really the most important thing and I minimize the importance of something that's hugely important to me, like my life, like my health, like, you know, and I think I always thought too that I would that's the insanity of what happened when I was eating. Like, I did crazy shit, right? I did crazy things. Um, but the most crazy thing I did was in an entire abstinence, thinking that this time I can get away with it. And, you know, so when I think about the minimization of, of what's important, you know, um, and making other things less important, you know, I... I if I go to a friend's house and think, you know, I know I've got a deadly allergy. Like, more about alcoholism comes after, you know, a few chapters, a number of chapters after the doctor's opinion. I know I've got an allergy. So if I go into someone's house more concerned with what they're going to think of me, the possibility of, you know, not having, uh, not being seen as a good, having good manners, my hostess because I request or ask what's in something, um, I am not, I have no proportion then. I am making the opinions of other people more important than my very life. And I know that what I have is fatal. So, and I, you know, and so the other thing that I've done um, is I had an issue last year with my boss and it seemed like the most important thing in my life. And what do I relate to Jim here? Because he's thinking that you know, his job, you know, which um, job or no job, wife or no wife, you know. He's, I think he's thinking at this moment perhaps that getting a customer is more important than the possibility of being, you know, locked up again and losing his wife. And, um, you know, and I can relate to that in, in many ways. And, and the only thing that keeps me sane, you know, today is a relationship with a loving creator that gives me something in between that first thought that comes in, so that sacred calling, and I reach out to God and he straightens out my thinking. Thank you for that all Thank you so much, Melissa C. from New York. All right, Rena L., followed by Jen A. Go ahead. Rena, Hi, this turn. Thank you. Hi, this is Rena L., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Ohio. Good morning, everyone. Um, you know, when we did the reading and first heard the comments, I put my name out to share, and I thought what I was going to say, I'll still say it, but we made, I learned something different from hearing everyone else share or realize something. I thought I was going to talk about how, you know, my lack of proportion, taking one bite, I'll blow up my whole life, and I seem to, you know, the strange mental blank spots where I don't, re- where I don't remember that. Um, but as people were talking I, about um, spiritual schizophrenia and minimization of proportion, I started. I thought about how really the lack of proportion starts when I tell myself I can go to a less me- one less meeting, or you know what, I don't have to call three people today. I can just talk, call two people, or for me because my relapse goes in many directions, I can just add an extra day of exercise, or even add 15 minutes to my exercise plan, or maybe I can have 
the nut butter or whatever else is on my list of foods that do not work for me. Um, and it usually starts with something seemingly benign and small. And yet that, that, that is really the, that's where it starts, you know, and I want to say like, Oh, poor me. I lost connection with the higher power. I don't know where it happened. And really the insanity is that all is, is over and over letting go of things that actually keep me connected right, starting with radical honesty and then all the things that keep me connected to you all and my higher power. So I'm just grateful for uh, a new perspective on where the insanity lies. Uh, it's an, it lies all over the place. So I will keep coming back. Thank you. Thank you so much, Renee L. from Ohio. Okay, Jen A., you are up. Please go ahead. Hi, Amy. Good morning. This is Jen A. Recovered in Colorado. Thank you, God, for saving a girl like me. Wow. Okay. So there's a lot of good dialogue this morning, a lot of really great shares and um, a lot of really good definitions. And for me, I have to go back and look at two places, the doctor's opinion, XXX, you know, the classifications of alcoholics, a compulsive overeater, me and remind myself I'm unstable emotionally. I deny I'm delusional. I get depressed. Um, and, you know, sometimes I'm even able and friendly and intelligent um, until I take that first drink or that first bite. And sometimes it doesn't come so quickly. Um, but these classifications are really, are really important to me um, because I need to know, you know, who I am. And then, you know, I look at, well, okay, well, part of that is insanity. Um, you know, the inability to separate the true from the false, which was stated this morning, fantasy versus reality, my thinking. I think, I believe, and then I do it. Whoa. But I go back to Jim's story and I look at the beginning. Jim has failed to enlarge his spiritual life and the buildup of what? His emotional state, his resentment. He was irritated, right? It wasn't just that, you know, he saw a substance, he picked it up, he ate it. He took, you know, five more minutes of, of, of this or that, Jim was irritated. So I have to ask myself, when I get irritated, what do I do? I turn to things. I turn to food. I turn to shopping. I turn to sex. I turn to drugs. I turn to whatever it may be. I could turn to anything. But what I've learned in this program is when I get irritated, I turn to God. It's a spiritual solution. I wouldn't consider the whiskey. I wouldn't consider those things if I was considering God. Where is God today? How is God number one in my life today? How am I going to protect myself from the mental blank spot? So lovely stated by the person who relapsed on this line this morning. Thank you for coming this morning and sharing your experience, strength, and hope because you saved my ass one more day today. I keep thinking through the steps and going through the steps. No, not thinking. I do the steps. I take action. I get up in the morning. I pray. I meditate. Why? because I need to be connected to a power source greater than myself. And I need to stay spiritually fit. I can't get up and watch TV. I can't get up and do 10 different other things. I got to get up and get connected to the source of power. So thank you, God, for Jim and his reminder today. I'm so grateful for that. I'm not going to allow the buildup of human emotion and the resentment towards others to take me down, to turn me back to the food, because that's how it happens for a girl like me. I'm going to get down to causes and conditions, I'm going to put pen to paper, and I'm going to keep doing this program and living the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. Thank you so much for this meeting today. It's a great reminder. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Jen A. from Colorado. Uh, then we're going to go with Linda D. But before, just wanted to 
remind everyone we are on page 37, the first paragraph, reading that one paragraph only. And after Linda, we're going to take some more names. All right, Linda D., you're up. Please go ahead. Good morning, everybody. It's Linda D., and I'm from Connecticut, and I'm so very, very touched by this meeting already and so grateful to be recovered, but I'm not cured. So I'm here because I don't want to go back to hell. I lived there most of my life. To me, the word insanity, and I'm so grateful for all the shares today. It, the word insanity is, uh, I have to keep things much simpler. And I've heard some wonderful, wonderful stuff on both sides of the aisle of recovery and relapse today. And I have not had a phone for eight days. There was a virus infecting my phone. And if I didn't have a wonderful friend and neighbor who figured out this, uh, this phone business, I wouldn't even be on the phone. And, but it, there was a positive. And the positive, yeah, I was scared to death. But the positive was I was thrown back on my relationship with God, which grew and grew and grew in eight days. And I can lose it in a heartbeat if I imagine even for a second that I know what the hell I'm doing. And I don't mean that as a put down. What I'm really trying to say is I'm very, very, I've practiced my entire life being self-destructive. How would I know without truly a higher power that does not originate in me? How would I know how to live? I wouldn't know. There's no way I would know. And there's still a part of me that's like a little kid that wants to get away with stuff. It is not normal to be self-destructive, but it is very, very human. And I have to be go very slowly. And, of course, I'm an addict, so I want to go quick, quick, quick and get it over with. Well, too bad, Linda. you got to do this minute by minute. Oh, the good news is God is so fabulous, so fabulous, and so magnificent that it, he, she allows me, me, Linda D., to talk to it or him or her to listen to it, to hear it, if I will only pause and listen. It's not okay to hate who you are, Linda. It's not okay to self-destruct. You must extend unconditional love. You must learn how to do that with others, first with God, with yourself next, because your health is on the line, and with others. Keep practicing that. And if you don't practice it, you will die a very ugly death. And that's the truth. Thanks. I pass. Thank you, Linda. From Linda D. from Connecticut. Okay, so who else would like to share on what was read? Matthew G. Leah Abby S. Rick J. Julie P. Laura L. Rick J. Abby. Lynn W. Abby, Lynn, Lynn H. Okay. from Montreal. Julie P. Okay, did I, get a, did I get a Lynn D. and a Lynn H.? Yes, you did for Lynn H. 
Okay, I got Lynn H. Was there a Lynn D? There's a Laura L. Did you? Yeah, Laura, maybe that's what I thought. Oh, yeah, thank you. All right, so I've got... Julie E.B.? Hold on one sec, Julie, because I'm trying to see if I got enough here. I mean, I'll put you down, but I'm going to see what my timing is. Okay, so Matt D., Leah S., Rick J., Abby, Lynn H., Laura L. And then Julie E.B., I'll put you in there. I'm not sure if we're going to get enough time. So, all right, go ahead. Matt D., you're up, followed by Leah S. Let's keep Hi, going. Hi, this is Matt, Matt, Matthew G., as in good. Uh, oh, in, gee, okay, thank uh, in, you. It's okay. In France, I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, yesterday, I celebrated eight months of, of um, abstinence, of back-to-back abstinence, thanks to you guys Woo-hoo. and the vision, and just I'm so grateful. And last week, I celebrated four years of uh, back-to-back sobriety, clean and sober, for four years. Um, yeah, you know, uh, five years ago in the morning, I was putting Jack Daniels, half a bottle of Jack Daniels into, um, vanilla flavored protein shake and getting high at the same time and then exercising, think that that would solve, um, that that was a solution. That was the kind of insanity I was doing. Yes, indeed. Um, I'm so grateful to be restored to sanity, um, with uh, I just love OA so much. I love this vision. You guys are awesome. Thank you for saving my life. Um, I have an awesome sponsor. Just uh, so much gratitude. Yeah, I, for me, you know, um, you know, having a childlike faith, c- keeping that childlike faith that 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 a power greater than that God can restore me to sanity. You know, for me, um, I was told that I have a threefold disease. You know spiritual, mental, and physical, mind, body, and soul. So for me, I thought that, well, and I still think it, that for me, sanity is a threefold thing. It's being restored to a healthy and clean mind, body, and soul. That's what sanity means to me. So, you know, and the insanity, you know, there is the physical aspect of it, you know, because we are, you know, if we have the, the phenomena of craving, so there is sort of a physical. So I think I, I think I'm on to something here <laughs> with this sanity. Anyway, I'll shut up now. Can't wait to hear what everybody else has to say. Have a wonderful day. Lots of love from France. Ciao. I pass. Thank you so much, Matt G. from France. Congrats to you and your higher power. Leah S., you're up, followed by Rick J. Come on, Leah, let's go. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you for your service. My name is Leah S., and I'm recovered and grateful in Brooklyn, New York. Oh, my God. So I'm also going to go on insanity, oh, plain insanity. Well, they so different, uh, these words, plain and insanity. The word plain is, is plain Jane. It's just like simple, simple. And insanity is absolutely not not simple, you know. I can have a big salad and and fool myself, and what goes into that? I can have a piece of chicken, and what is it dunked into? What is plain? What is simple? What is good for me and my body? My goodness. And why, oh my goodness, why do I have to learn this all the time again and again? And I mean study it 
because um, because because that's what I am. I, my my mind is a little insane, and it can wander and it can it can do things uh, otherwise. Unless I practice all these um, tools and the steps and bring God into it, if I don't do that, because God is, is just super, super, and he's the only one that can absolutely overtake uh, this craving that is so insane. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Leah S. from Brooklyn, New York. Okay, Rick J., you're up, followed by Abby. Please go ahead, Rick. Uh, good morning, everybody. Um, Rick J., I'm a recovered compulsive over here in uh, North Carolina. Um, thanks so much for all the shares this morning, for Larry kicking us off. Um, I love hearing the definitions of insanity and um you know, I I have to remember because I do forget that I have a disease that tells me that I don't have a disease. That is one of those killer, um, you know, conditions that that this gives me that that I am living in, and my uh, alcoholic mind, my chronic alcoholic mind, is on standby. It's it's not uh, eradicated. It's not erased. It's not removed. It's a part of me. It's a factory default setting that will never, on its own, just disappear. And what I've learned for me after 20 years of relapse is that my God-centered, recovered mind requires constant spiritual actions on a daily basis. And when I don't do them, my chronic alcoholic self-centered mind will take over. It's so quick. It's so quick when it happens. Um, now, one of the promises that it tells me is that uh, if tempted, uh, you know, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. That's if I'm continuing to watch out for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. I'm continuing to pray and meditate. I'm all these things I'm continuing because I'm not cured. I am not cured. It's been said already. You know, I have a daily reprieve contingent on this maintenance of my spiritual condition and not just maintenance. It's, it's contingent on the strength and continuity of my spiritual connection. You know, Linda mentioned pausing, and if I pause throughout the day, that pause, that's where God is for me. It's in that pause when I release Rick just a little bit, you know, more thee, less me. I have to connect throughout the day. And then it's from there, it's like I'm, I'm bringing it to God. I'm bringing it to someone else. I'm looking at this stuff. But it's just for today. You know, and I always say, my sister in South Carolina summed it up with me for insanity, is that, uh, you know, it's delusional thinking. And the problem with delusional thinking is that I don't recognize that it's delusional thinking. It makes perfect sense to me. It makes perfect sense to me in that time. So I'm just very grateful that I understand that I right. am not 
and I have a daily reprieve today. With uh, God's help and your help, with that I pass. Thank you so much, Rick J. Abby, please go ahead. I didn't get your initial of your last name, so you could do that. Hi, good morning. Hi, good morning. This is Abby D. I'm recovered in Michigan. Um, I am grateful for all the shares this morning, and I wanted to speak on the part of um, the ability to think straight. So lack of proportion, ability to think straight. So I get that even in. I get that in recovery. Like I get that in um, when I'm when I'm abstinent. And um, last night I had a resentment come up because I did some work for my job and then um, and then ends up something happened where we're not going to use it or whatever. So I felt like, oh my gosh, I wasted my time. I'm so mad at my boss. Blah blah. Well, I when I'm like angry in those resentments. I don't have proportion and the ability to think straight. So all of a sudden my mind goes to like, I'm not, you know what, I'm going to quit this job. Like this job, you know, like, but it's, how could, how could I all of a sudden think to quit my job? Like I need my job to live for health insurance for, you know, my family. And, um, and so just as, insane as I can be in the food I can also be in recovery and I'm so grateful that I know what to do it's like oh this anger is like rising in me I need to do a ton of stuff and I was like I'll just go to you know part of me the insanity was like I'll just go to bed and if it's there tomorrow I'll do it well that's insane too because then the emotional buildup just starts and I don't want to start you know even getting all that emotional buildup started so I did a ton of stuff before I went to bed and it was just like brought me back down to reality and um you know I just I'm grateful to be able to know that I can't afford these resentments and um and I'm grateful today to wake up and have God and know that like I am grateful for my job like I'm not gonna quit my job when I'm mad um and the dishonesty of like it shouldn't be this way like God's got everything the way that it's meant to be. And so I'm just grateful to know that um, that these big emotions of anger and fear and resentment and stuff like that, like that's part of my, that's part of my human nature, but it's also contributing to the disease if I don't um, know that I'm different. Like I'm not just like a regular person, average person that can afford these resentments. I need to do my 10 steps and go to God, do my nightly review, um, and share with others. So thanks for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you so much. Abby D. from Michigan. All right, Lynn H., followed by Laura L. Go ahead, Lynn. Hi, everyone. Can you hear me? I can. Okay, great. Hi, I'm Lynn Honey H. from Montreal, Canada. Oh, my God, insanity and the craziness of all of this. Um, you know, there was the uh, convention this weekend of the Region 6, and I I was uh, in service, and I heard somebody say that she has a filter now, and that filter is her God. And the thing is, is that there's two, two voices. Somebody said that this morning. Like, there's two parts. There's a part in my head that's thinking and overthinking and over, over the thinking and thinking maybe it's a good idea and thinking maybe it's not a good idea and thinking maybe somebody's going to hurt me. And, 
and I'm going to lose something, and blah, blah, blah. And there's the other part. And that doesn't talk too loud. Uh, It's kind of the intuition for me. And the intuition doesn't really talk too loud. I wish it would. Like, I wish it would, like, yell. (laughs) But it doesn't. It's just there waiting for me. And she was saying that to be sure, to be able to see that, um, that filter and to hear that filter, she had to work that heart, the human heart muscle. Not going on the treadmill there. Well, that for sure. But not that heart. The heart of the human heart towards me. And seeing that if I'm looking into my human heart, which is where my HP lives and grows and my peace of mind, but my peace of body also, my peace of action, all my peace is in there. And it's weird because I always have the tendency to go out of myself to find this peace when the peace is like stuck to me, <laughs> literally inside of me. And uh, so she works that muscle. She was saying that she looks at the uh, microwave when it goes down, like three, four, uh, five, four, three. Okay, God, you're there, right? Take care of me. Okay, doing this and that. You know what? It made really a lot of sense for me. And the other thing I just wanted to say is that I, I realized this year that I will never find the way. Lynn Rene will never find the way for this to stop. It won't happen. And I've been working for 49 years on trying to find a solution. And <laughs> I never found it. So I'm guessing that's kind of insanity. And you know what? It's you guys who showed me that this was, Lynn, this will not work on your turn. Thanks. It will work on God's team. Thank you so much for being there. Have a nice meeting. Thank you so much, Lynn H., Montreal, Canada. Okay, we've got actually five minutes left. So if we go two and a half, two and a half, we can get Laura L. and Julie E.B. in. Okie dokie. Go ahead, Laura. Thank you so much. Hi, good morning, everybody. Happy Monday, I guess. <laughs> it's Monday. Um, I'm Laura L. from Connecticut, compulsive overeater, neutral around food. And I just love what everybody has said. I related to everything. Um, when I was thinking about insanity, as people were talking, I was thinking about a couple things. Um, about 18 months ago, after a relapse, I, um, you know, I dropped my service and and said goodbye to my sponsees and started from step one with a recovered person um, went through the big book and I also tightened up my food plan but I tightened it up by myself so this is insanity after 20 years in program I forgot or I wasn't thinking I was thinking I was doing the next right thing um, but I did it by myself and I tightened up the food plan so much that I lost weight and I became underweight and um, my doctor was fairly alarmed because I have osteopenia and you said, you have to gain weight. I said, oh, my God, no. Got to be kidding me. Um, and because um, one of my terrors that I'm letting go of every day is gaining weight. So um, <clears throat> I'm on a weight gain plan with a nutritionist. 
and my plan is more nutritious now than ever and I'm doing it very gradually and I've gained eight pounds and I'm not suicidal so that shows a lot of growth but what it showed me is that I again you know insane thinking I thought I can do this um that part by myself and I could not obviously and and God has a great sense of humor because um she's like okay Laura, your worst fear is gaining weight, and now you're going to face it because you have to gain weight, um, according to your doctor. Well, I didn't have to, but I chose health, um, which, again, is more growth over self-destruction. So I chose health over, uh, I'm sorry, health and life over death and self-destruction. So um, it does have a beautiful ending, but it got me, I got there by thinking I was doing the next right thing. The other thing, real quickly, is that, I'm one of those people that if I um, say something or do something or email something to somebody and I don't hear from them for a long long time, I'm like, oh, shit, okay, I did it wrong, I said it wrong, I said something that offended them or angered them, and 9.9 times out of 10, I'm totally wrong about that. Um, People weren't mad or angry, things come up, they have their lives, I'm not the center of their universe. or there's my email or text or what I said. Um, But I continually need to have that continually happens. I continually get scared. I am less scared now. I'm more centered and more grounded. And thanks to God and all of you. Have a blessed day. Thank you so much, Laura L. from Connecticut. Julie E.B., you've got two and a half minutes. Please go ahead. I'm sorry, two minutes. Hi, this is Julie E.B., gratefully recovered, grateful for the time today in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And here's my insanity. You know, the easiest thing to rise up for me um, in the beginning particularly and that I hear all the time is I don't have enough time. And when I start with the sponsees and I tell them, actually, you'll have more time, it sounds totally insane. But the insanity that you don't have time to save my life when I got a food plan not of my own making and put down my abstinent foods, ingredients, and behaviors, guess what? So much less time than going in and out, the demoralization, the cycling up and down. So much quieter, so much faster. Same thing. I don't have time to meet with someone, to read this book, um, to reach out. I don't have time. But today, instead of hours-long discussions with family members or fighting or obsessing about work situations. One day last week, I just, someone was doing something from HR, not appropriate. I mentioned it to my boss, and I went home. Did I take a couple minutes on my 11th step? Sure. But that is the insanity. It seems like this will take too much time, too much energy, too much money. But the truth of the matter is that if I put down these things and I live this quiet, and simpler life, oh my gosh, I have more time. And not only that, but more time to be happy, joyous, and free. So if you're worried about taking that leap one thing at a time, work with someone. Uh, the book says we work with someone who has what we have. So uh, thank you so much. Um, and uh, I pass. Thank you so much, Julie E.B., for wrapping things up for us. What an awesome meeting. Thank you, everyone, who has shared. I've never heard so much wonderful sanity about insanity. (laughs) 
But please join us for another second unrecorded hour continuing on with this study. Uh, immediately following, the share ID for today is uh, Monday, October 24, 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 19,551. That's 19551. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Marge, oh, could you please read the vision for you? Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Marge O. from Massachusetts. Gratefully recovered. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. <coughs> Excuse me. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.